from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey. And are you in Daytona, Luke? I am. In Daytona Beach, Florida, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for week six of the National Football League season. On um, this week uh, six, October 15th, 2017, part two of the show. Good morning, Luke. Um, it's, uh, what did you think of, of two sky cams last week? We, we, we talked about history. Sometimes we have it. Zeke's first down on that, uh, last cowboy drive, uh, when they left too much time on the clock for Mr. Rogers was second sky cam, new sky cam gave him the first down. What did you think of that new piece of technology? Um, well, Hey, I guess, uh, it's a, a great addition if it helps get the call right. But, uh, you know, I didn't even notice it, except I think on one camera angle, you could see the other sky cam from one of the sky cams. And then that, was, <laughs> that reminded me, oh, yeah, there's two sky cams. But otherwise, I had no idea. Clearly, you did not remember what I said on the show last week and keep it in your mind the whole time. I did not until I saw that camera angle. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what he's talking about. Very disappointed in you, Luke. I know. Very disappointed in you. All right, so there's a couple games that could have playoff implications, and the first one is Jets-Patriots. How about that? How about them Cowboys? Um, yeah, three and two. Offense looks good. Took advantage of a Bears, uh, uh, sorry, a Browns team that could not score and could not kick field goals and could not execute on red zone possessions. Who knew? Hey, a win's a win, because they're not easy to come by in this league. Um, and, and now today for the Jets, I guess this is essentially the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> biggest game of the year for them. This may, may help decide the season. And I, don't, I, I don't think they can pull off a win at home. No, I don't either. But I do think they'll keep it a lot closer than essentially everybody thinks, including Las Vegas. Um, but I have—I really don't know which way this game will go. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout or if the Jets will stay competitive. I have no idea. What is the line on this, by the way? Uh, last I saw, it was New England by nine and a half. Yeah, that's that's way too high. The Jets—if um, look, Ball Powell's out today. That that hurts them, but they get Forte back. If the running game and Eli McGuire. Um, compliments him nicely and, and, and plays well. I think this could actually be a, a running game that'll test New England. And remember, Minkovich retired. They had all those departures. The front seven of New England is not one of the better front sevens of the Belichick era. Um, and they've given up some points. Look at Tampa. Um, so I do think that this is a, a, a possibility of, of seeing a major run of... Um, scoring uh, from the Jets offensively if Josh McCown can stay upright and make smart decisions, which he has lately, which has helped this team. The big question for me is the secondary. Tom Brady has a propensity to exploit weaknesses. You've got the two rookie safeties. You've got Claiborne, who's prone to penalties, um, and Buster Screen, who's not the best defender in America. If Gronk and Amendola and the other guys, Hogan, can really exploit these weaknesses and this lack of experience, I think you end up in a shootout, potentially. Um, and in a shootout, I would think, Luke, you, you got to give it to Tom Brady. Absolutely. 
uh, you know, you know better than me. I think the Jets' defense is better than most people uh, think. And, it's um, well, well. Hold on a second with that, Luke, because it's interesting that you say that. It's good in spots. They ended up in a shootout with Jacksonville. Miami was awful, um, and they ended up against a, a Browns team that was ugh. And I'm forgetting somebody, aren't I? Um, no, maybe I'm not. The the, the bottom line here um, is that. This is a Jets defense that's okay, not great. They lose to Buffalo. They lose to the Raiders. Um, you knew they would lose in week one just because this team wasn't all together. Um, so this is a Jets team that, that, to me, is improving, but the, the defense has been as masked. Uh, sorry, the, the Jets' offensive success has masked some defensive woes, and then they've also faced... Two inept offenses in Miami and, and Cleveland. No, absolutely. But uh, you know the Patriots could very well be four and two by the end of the day. But I think they got a handful of their own problems. So uh, to me, I think the Jets will, will keep it competitive. But we'll certainly see. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. There we go. I got my dates mixed up here. Yes. Yeah. Lose to Buffalo. Lose to the Raiders. Win against Miami, who is awful, and then lose. Uh, sorry. Uh, win in, Sorry. Win against Miami, win against Jacksonville in overtime, and win against um, Cleveland, who was awful. Um, we move on now to our next game, which is the game that I think you were thinking would have playoff implications, which is Green Bay, Minnesota. Um, Aaron Rodgers is really good, and I think he's too good for the for the Vikings today. Yeah, especially when you when you consider that the Vikings will be without their starting quarterback, starting running back. Uh, their top receiver, their left guard, potentially one of their safeties, um, and has to go up against Aaron Rodgers. So even though they're at home, they played much better at home compared to on the road against Green Bay over the years, um, especially against Aaron Rodgers. But and it's going to be tough to potentially keep up with Rodgers when you're starting essentially your third-string quarterback. And then, uh, like I said, backup running back, you're missing your best receiver, one of your offensive linemen. But Mike Zimmer has had some some of the best success against Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is only 4-4 four and four against Zimmer. Uh, he's been sacked an average of about, I think it's four times a game against Zimmer. Um, so, you know, the Vikings will have to obviously slow down Rodgers. But, but maybe the, the big fear now is that that run game after that rookie last week had a big game for Green Bay. If he continues to play like that, and you have to respect the run game. I mean, it makes things so much harder than to, to try to slow down Aaron Rodgers. Is... Um... Is is Sam Bradford's career over? Because that was a cameo, basically, that he made. Yeah, and that was a mistake to put him out there. He obviously wasn't ready, and I'm surprised they kept him out there as long as, as um, they did because he just couldn't protect himself. I mean, it, it was a danger to him, and it was a um, it was a disadvantage for the team. Um, so it was uh, unfortunate to see. I was looking forward to the return of Bradford because you know I'm, a, I'm I've become a big fan, and, and I wish he was out there every week for the Vikes, but. I'll say, if I'm, I'm following, you know, I'm taking what they're saying at, at face value, and it appears he just needs time off. There's nothing you can do to, to go in and, and fix the knee. You just have to rest it. So uh, what the Vikings are saying is that it'll probably be after the bye. When you have that extra week off, that he'll be good to go. That's a couple more weeks from now. And so, you know, if that's the case, then it apparently, apparently isn't that huge of a deal if he's good to go by week 10. Um, obviously, at that point, he'll have missed you know, about two and a half months, 
but it doesn't seem to then be anything that you have to worry about in terms of career ending. However, uh, like I said, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just pain management, and you just kind of have to fight through the pain. And, and as we saw Monday Night Bradford, couldn't do that. So at a certain point, I think you almost have to, uh, you know, I don't want to minimize it, but, but tough enough to get out there because there's nothing you can do for it. It's just fighting through the pain until you have an off season to let it rest and heal. Um. It's, it's a problem, and I doubt we'll ever see him again. I think Green Bay wins this game. I think last week was a turning point for them. I don't think you'll see a letdown divisional opponent. I think you will see the Packers win today. Luke, we have a, a very interesting battle out west because Jared Goff's gotten better, and Blake Bortles in um, uh, uh, Blake Bortles in this run game for Jacksonville, coupled with that defense, has been effective. This is a battle of two teams that I believe have a chance to sneak into the playoffs, Jazz, Jazz, y- yes, and all that Jazz, Jags-Rams today, um, which is a game that, that that anybody who's seeing a home game in the East uh, on CBS early will see late probably. This is a fascinating game on paper. Two numbers, two and three rushing in the NFL in this game in Fournette and uh, uh, Gurley. You're even giving away NBA predictions these days. You think the Jazz are going to make the playoffs? <laughs> they do have a nice young team led by Devin Booker. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Sean McVay, uh, early candidate for, for Coach of the Year, he goes over there and he unlocks Jared Goff and finally that, that ground game again with Todd Gurley. And I guess it's just it's another uh, nail in the coffin of Jeff Fisher and why, he, uh, why the game has passed him by. Uh, as a head coach, but you can see for a young quarterback when you bring in an offensive staff, I mean, that was a defensive staff for Goff last year. Uh, things obviously didn't go well. They had Chris Wanky as the quarterback coach. He's supposed to be a quarterback guru, but obviously that wasn't enough. Now you bring in McVay and his staff, and he's got those guys going, and they look good. Uh, for Jacksonville, as I said earlier this year, they just rely on the run game. They want Blake Bortles to do as little as possible, and we saw that last week. He threw the ball, what, 14 times? Like this is the the 1960s, and they ran the ball 19 straight plays in the second half. He he did not throw a single pass uh, over a stretch of nearly 24 minutes of game action. So for Jacksonville, they just like to control the clock, run the ball, rely on their good defense, which statistically is uh, the best pass defense in the league right now, especially after what they did to Roethlisberger. And for the Jaguars today, the Rams have the sixth-worst rush defense. So for both these teams, they're just going to try to run the ball, control the clock. And for Jacksonville, that's worked this year. And they'll have the opportunity to do it again today uh, against uh, the Rams. I think it always just comes down to Bortles and the mistakes. When they got killed by the Titans, he made mistakes. When he plays cleanly, they've uh, played very well. Who wins this game? That is a good question. I'm going to say Rams. Uh, I've been on the Jaguars bandwagon for a couple of years saying they're finally going to break through, and maybe this is the year. But I think at this point right now, I'm still uh, more of a believer in the Rams. I think uh, they have more of a, a complete package than the Jaguars. Saints-Lions. Jags win that game, by the way. Saints-Lions. Is Matthew Stafford going to be effective enough with that injury? It's going to be tough because, you know, he's not necessarily a mobile quarterback, but um, he's a guy that likes to move the pocket, extend plays, stay alive. And you look at their backup quarterbacks, they have nobody. If Stafford can't go, if he ever has to come out for an injury, the Lions are in big trouble um, because they're relying on some no-names of rookies. So, um, we'll see how healthy Stafford is today against New Orleans. If that defense is playing very well, Dennis Allen came in, new defensive coordinator. He's been putting in uh, his new defense, copying that Mike Zimmer type where they mug the A gaps. You don't know who they're sending. And after they got burned the first two weeks with a lot of young, uh, inexperienced guys, 
They've only allowed 13 points total over the last two weeks, and they'll have a good test today at home against Detroit. Number seven defense in the National Football League, Luke. They're only giving up 374 yards a game um, total and uh, only 109 rushing. So this is a better defense than uh, some people think. Um, and finally, Pittsburgh, Washington, uh, sorry, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, excuse me, I've not been sharp uh, lately. Uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Kansas City may be the best team in the AFC, uh, Luke, I, I, I think you would agree on that, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, uh, and, so and what you've got here now is an offense, oh, sorry, go ahead, no, that's my no, fault. I think it continues today against the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, you've got this offense led by Travis Kelsey, Hunt, Alex Smith, when he plays smart and plays well, is very effective. But for me, it's I want to think about sorry, talk about Pittsburgh. Big Ben talks about retiring, then says he's elite. Ever since the anthem, Mike Francesa brought this up, ever since that anthem protest fiasco, they have not been right. They had a lot of problems uh, going on off the field. And I think it really started last year. I mean, you had the Antonio Brown thing um, in, in the locker room, live streaming on Facebook or whatever it was. Uh, Roethlisberger in the offseason talking about how he may retire. And then this past week he says a comment about, you know, maybe he's washed up or whatever. Um, you know, Roethlisberger just likes drama. And I've heard from people who have been in that area that have covered that team that he's the opposite of a leader. He's really not a good locker room guy. Um, he just likes to create problems. And... When you're not winning, those problems become even larger. And the Steelers have all sorts of off-field issues, including the national anthem thing, which I thought was terribly handled by Mike Tomlin, who I'm a big fan of. But this year, it just seems like the Steelers off the field are doing everything wrong in terms of how they've handled things, how they've done things, and uh, Roethlisberger calling out teammates, all that sort of stuff. Um, if he continues to play like this, I mean, the, the Steelers are better off just moving on from him and almost starting over over there because they, they got all sorts of drama. 13th ranked offense in the NFL. That's lower than you would think for a Ben Roethlisberger team. Luke, I'm sorry to say, but we're getting to the end of our radio program. Thus, I need to know your game of the day. Uh, I'm going to say... I do the same outro every week. It it makes you laugh every time. I I always feel like I'm being put on the uh, the spot for some reason, even though I know it's coming. Um... (laughs) Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll uh, humor you. I'll say Patriots Jets. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Your sleeper game. That's very hard to pick this week, I think. Uh, sleeper game, I'm going to say, uh, I think we talked about any game that that's, has any sort of value. I guess I'll say Buccaneers-Cardinals. I'm going to stick with that Rams-Jags. Your game to watch golf during live Champions Tour golf. There's a few. Uh, I'll say Monday Night Football. I think it's terrible, especially if Mariota doesn't play. Sunday night football, nobody cares. Nobody about the Giants. I got nobody on offense. That's also my survivor game, but I'm eliminated from my league. Uh, yeah, I agree, though. I would say Broncos. I was going to say Broncos. Your player to watch, and please don't say a Viking. No, no, no. I never do because I feel like it's jinx. Um, so <laughs> I, I always go obvious. I'll do it again today. Roethlisberger, after those five interceptions, everything else going on over there. He's got to play well in a big game. Jared Goff, I'm very intrigued. This is actually a big spot. How does Jared Goff step up in a big spot? Luke, thanks as always. My pleasure as always. Enjoy your football Sunday, everybody.